everybody. Thanks for making it out yet again. We love seeing you. We love doing this. So welcome to the Bethel Radio Show. This is our approach to Bible study meets um, transformational living meets just real, real world topics and struggles. So um, current events, thank you. So tonight we're going to, we've kind of uh, gotten away from it, but we had been in Romans chapter 12 and uh, had been faithful to that for a while. We got um, off a few different times, but we are returning to that tonight. Trump happened. Trump happened. And that will change some topics when you didn't I'm see here that to coming. tell you. <laughs> so um, we are in Romans chapter 12. We're on verse 13 tonight. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. Um, I would like to mention that's my phone number if you want to text in. If you have a comment, a question, a, a thought in general at all, we'd like to hear from you. Um, we will be doing later, a, I know I'm getting older because, I don't have a great one tonight. So if you have a great, I know I'm getting older because, anything, just text it in, I'll read it later. So um, without further, we're starting in Romans chapter 12, verse 13. So uh, essentially, I think if my memory serves me, and it seldom does, about three or four weeks ago we did chapter, uh, verse 12, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty much a battle cry. Uh, when you look at it, uh, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Uh, but um, 13, uh, and I, I, this is a God thing because we've been in tithing for the last four weeks on our uh, sermon on the amount, and uh, we wrapped that up Sunday. So if you've been laying out until, until we're done with tithing, you can come yeah, back this safe. Sunday. Come on back. And I'm messing with you. <laughs> but nonetheless, um, so timed it so we could write one, one last punch. Uh, verse 13, distributing to the necessity of saints, given to hospitality. Now, um, again, this is a, uh, chapter 12 is an overview of practical Christian living. He's already dealt through Romans with the doctrine side of salvation, and now he's basically just trying to go almost point for point how you and I are to live our daily life. And uh, he starts with the spiritual gifts earlier in 12, and now this is really, you could argue, the outpouring of spiritual gifts in yours and my life. So this is specifically, I mean, we're taking a a laser-like look now at, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality. So again, you're utilizing your spiritual gifts to distribute yours and God's resources. Now think about that. You are distributing yours and God's resources to meet the needs that you see and make sure that your attitude is given to hospitality. In my humble opinion, that's that would be if I were writing a paraphrase of the Bible, that's how I would say verse 13, that you are distributing yours and God's resources to meet the needs that you see and make sure that your attitude is given to hospitality. Now, one thing that I want to bring out before I pitch it to the rest of the panel here is is that uh, I think we all are on board of helping one another in the church. Um, Now, I'm sure... In any given church, you can go one direction or the other. Some churches are so outward focused that they their their people are going with needs unmet. It's usually the other way. Churches are so inward focused that everybody within the church feels loved and everything's good. 
but you can't, I mean, the church isn't growing. Uh, it, the salt isn't getting out of the shaker type thing. So the literal translation of this uh, part that says um, given to hospitality is pursuing the love of strangers. That, that could be a, a literal uh, English translation of that verse, pursuing the love of strangers. I, I had one of those moments uh, yesterday morning, had an early hospital visit, so coming back, uh, stopped at Pacific for some uh, breakfast, and as I was getting back on I-44, there is this man with two army duffels full of stuff, I would assume his life type thing. I had, couldn't necessarily make out that he was a vet or anything like that, so I, I, I'm just saying it was two army duffels full of stuff. And uh, I, I'm sitting there wrestling with myself, do I stop and pick this guy up, you know, and, and I certainly have done that in the past. I'm not against doing it. Couldn't get a clear word. I didn't. And then I get home and studying this and, you know, look at that. Well, okay, doggone it, you know. Uh, so the bottom line is, is that to stay sensitive to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, and if, if you're going to live out Scripture, you're going to find yourself showing love to strangers. Talk to me. And there's going to be some risk involved. No <laughs> In doubt. this day and age, there's going to be some risk involved. I, I had a, I guess, the children's Bible question. Um, in my Bible, the version says, share with the Lord's people who are in need, practice hospitality. Is there a difference in the Lord's people and the Lord's children? Oh, certainly, certainly. Because I think you could argue that, you know, I mean, we're all God's right. creation. But the children are only those that have entered into a, a relationship with him through the confession of sin and such. That was the answer I figured. Um, and what you were talking about... Um, that there's a term when you talk about churches that do so much and then don't reach outside. And it was a term, you're so heavenly minded, you're like no earthly No earthly good. good, isn't that the truth? Amen. Yeah, the, I, I guess I took a different, uh, and I often do this because I didn't read it clearly. <laughs> <laughs> we need to give I'm you the saying, remedial text. I, I, I Very honest. And, yeah, that, that's my, probably one of my I'm getting over, future I'm getting over. Um, but when I when I read this, I, the first thing I thought about was people like Ravi Zacharias, people like uh, our missionary to the Philippines. They're in need also. They're in need of support, and they're doing the thing that I would I would love to do. But I'm I haven't surrendered to the ministry. I haven't I haven't committed all of my my faith to a mission field to go there and speak uh, to people about Christ and and uh, convert them to Christianity. So I feel like there are people also that need to be supported with our with our worldly goods as well. If if you appreciate what somebody's doing and and you know that it's something that you should be doing also, but you're not doing it, by all means, give them money to do it to to support them uh, in need. Now I, I'm. Now that you guys have expounded on this, I, I realize we're probably talking more about the poor, um, poor saints, but also well, no, saints I, I, that are. I think it, it's it's an umbrella. I, I th <laughs> to use a political term, it's it's a big tent, okay? Uh, because because it is. I mean, this is a a broad statement, you know, distributing to the necessity of the saints. Now, yes, I can hear my uh, Bible professor talk about context, and this is to a local church, so on and so forth. 
but with that said, um, I, I do certainly believe that you could take a, a broad spectrum for it. Galatians 6.10, so then as we have opportunity, let us work that which is good toward all men and especially toward them that are of the household of faith. And, and that would include the Ravi Zacharias of the world, you know, and, and, and such of that nature. Now, so <clears throat> if we may do a little counseling here. <laughs> Help me. But, but, but because I, I see this as two different things. I, I and, and you and I have had this discussion. <laughs> if, if you, what's that? Can we talk about it now? I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm asking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> well, the way you phrased that. <clears throat> because I personally don't see myself as, well, if I really had enough faith, I'd be out there doing what Ravi Zacharias is doing. No, I, I, if I had the gift that Ravi Zacharias was doing, I would be catapulted through the doors and be doing that. You see what I'm saying? And so um, I'm doing what I'm gifted to do. Now, there are some times that people... They've been gifted, and they hold back for whatever reason. That's the person that needs to pray it through, and when that door of faith opens, walk through it. Personally, I feel like that's where you're at. Uh, with your burden for revival, uh, I know you would love to be involved in a, a national, if not international, you know, set. Those doors hadn't opened. Or I know that you would have walked through them type thing. And until they do, we should absolutely support those people that are. And, and, and you do that twice as good. I, I feel like Rob Zacharias, I would never come close to the way he does it. Why That's not, what I mean by catapulted. Why not, uh, you why know, not, pay, why not send him money to you better believe continue it. doing what he's gifted to do? A amen. And, and I, I, so, you know, I want to put a fine point on it, um, the tithes go to the storehouse, the church. Your offerings can go wherever you want them to go. And, and, and I, I believe that that is extremely, I have given not a lot, but I have given money to quote-unquote outside causes. Um, in, Do you keep track of it? No. So for somebody that, for instance, somebody on the, you come across somebody and they're on the side of the road with a sign, you give them 20 bucks and say, hey, yeah, God bless you, or go get, actually go get a meal put some money in the bag right. and leave it for them. Somebody's going to college, you know, kids going to college, you know they have a need, you pay for it. Do you keep track of it, That those kinds of things, e even if they're semi-significant? I don't think it's wrong to, but I don't. I mean, is you count that part of your offering or tithe? Or oh, offering? I see what you're saying. So, No, no. I, I Again, I don't think there'd be anything wrong with that. Um, I... <laughs> I Mine's so in often. <laughs> I, not seriously. worth mentioning. Yeah, it's really not worth mentioning. I, I have. I have. At and one I, time. No, I'm kidding. And I'm, I may be stretching here, but I think when it comes to offerings, personally, I don't keep track of them. I don't think we should. An offering is above and beyond. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Sure. And if I was like, oh, that's, yep. that's what I sure. started going looking. Yeah, hey, look at it. Sure. Yeah. Or on the other hand, like, well, if we hadn't given all that money, we could have that boat now. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> you don't want to go it, there it either. It may depend on which tax bracket you're in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, see, you could get to a tax bracket. Oh, Lord, i got to itemize everything. I don't know. Now, but, and with my version, it, yours, yours spells it out more. I can see where you're getting at. Is it strictly a financial share with the Lord's people, or is it also like talents or gifts that you have? You know, if you're good at cutting down trees and somebody needs it, 
practice hospitality and share with the Lord's people that way. Or oh, yeah. So, and yeah. I kind of took that approach to um, not just meeting their needs as in a financial need or something like that, but also like an emotional need. And I, I guess that's the hospitality. When you're thinking hospitality, you're, um, I don't want to say hosting because that's so different. That's like I have to entertain and my house has to look perfect and not like that. But I think um, meeting people's emotional needs around you, which to be honest, I'd rather be like, here's some money. I, you know, that's easier than having to invest in your, your energy and listening to them and um, meeting that kind of a need, which I think this is maybe speak, again, I don't want to take it out of context, well, but I feel like if you're talking about meeting people's needs, sometimes their need is someone to listen, someone to understand, someone to care. And if, you know, we're putting some legs on this, that's certainly something that we probably need to do for each other. And to me, harder than just giving away um, money or some food or some clothes. Well, and, and I looked at the word itself, practice hospitality. The word hospital is in it. Sure. You know, and only the sick go to the hospital. Right. And, and stranger, the right. stranger. So I, I think that the, the strict context certainly is financial. I, but you're not going to do any damage to Scripture as a whole to include these ancillary, you know, uh, views as well. I have a very layman's term Bible, so I, yeah, I, I'm I need with to you. start reading I'm with you. James. Uh, so. Another good verse is First um, Timothy six seventeen eighteen. Charge them that are rich in this present world that they be not high-minded, nor have their hope set on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, which giveth us richly all things to enjoy, that they do good that they be rich in good works, and that they be ready to distribute willingly to communicate. Uh, and, and I think that distribute means financial you know, help and goods. Um, somebody texted in um, another translation of that verse, which says, share your belongings with your needy fellows, um, Christians, and open your homes to strangers. There you go. Uh, Hebrews 13.2, forget not to show love unto strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them that are ill-treated as being yourselves also in the body. Uh, Titus 1.8, uh, but given to hospitality, a lover of good, sober-minded, just, holy, self-controlled. And, and it goes on. I mean, there, there's no lack of biblical support that we are to distribute, uh, if you will, the, our resources again. And, and Tara, you brought up a, a tremendous point. It is easier to give ten dollars than ten minutes. It, it is. Sometimes love, love is spelt T I N. Yeah, that's it is. right. We said it last Sometimes time. it's not better to though. Right. You know. Well, um, and talk about love, like we talked about in um, twelve verse nine. Love is sincere, or love must be sincere. And we talked about when you're showing love, you are giving. Um, mm -hmm. People see love when you meet their needs. It's part of loving each other is giving to each other's needs. I, believe it or not, I was doing sermon preparation on a sermon that's two weeks out. I want you to be impressed. But nonetheless, <laughs> the, the, uh, a sermon that's coming to a pulpit near you is on this whole thing of uh, conversating and how to know if you are conversating in a scriptural, spiritual, holy manner. And, and, and it deals with this whole thing of patience and listening and, and giving, and, and it's difficult. It, we, we all do it to those that we want to, 
but it's those that need our love that, that we struggle. It, it, we just do. Um, and so we're going to be discussing that. Uh, so anyway. Okay. It, I'm sorry, one more uh, Go personal for experience here. Just one. And I, <clears throat> okay, I, I'm not uh, <laughs> patting myself on the back. I, I have had the most I, I think I've been, have felt God's presence more in the act of giving. Bible study, the act of giving and meeting a need, you feel God's presence more in those instances. I uh, was at a restaurant recent, well, it was recently, probably last summer. And we were in the restaurant, and th there was a family with several handicapped children in the, in, with them at the table. One of them was completely uh, dependent on them to feed him and take care of him. And every, I would say every 90 seconds, he would squeal at the top of his lungs. And, and you could just see the, the mom was, oh, just, you know, yeah. it was just hit her like wa cold water in the face. And we, I, I just thought, man, she's got the hard, <laughs> she got the hard job. So I, when we got done before they did, I, I asked, can I pay for their meal? And said, oh, oh, that's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. You should do that. Uh, um, you're going to have such good karma when for <laughs> <Candace>. I said, <laughs> karma. Yeah, I said, yeah, first, I ain't first doing it for karma. Yeah. yeah. First of all, that that lady's doing the hard work. This this is easy. Second of all, I'm doing it because God has blessed me, and I'm able to bless somebody else. That I don't I don't believe in karma. Oh, and I didn't mean that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <you're right. laughs> I'm so sure. sorry. Yeah, yeah. I have a very loving, gracious God, and He's blessed me, so I can, and I'm gonna. So. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. All right. Um, so we're going to break and do a segment that we like to call I'm Just Saying. Um, I'm just saying, this was the first time I got to go to a Bethel Valentine banquet. Was that not amazing? So, and I said this to my husband on the way here, but I honestly thought we'd have to do like some courtesy laughs for, <laughs> you know, just... Courtesy, uh, we are no, not we'll, proud. We'll, we'll clap. You made a courtesy you know, laugh. I love courtesy it. laugh. You know, yeah. But no, truly, we laughed really hard. Like, we really enjoyed It was funny, and we actually had a really good shot time. No courtesy laughs given. It was really, really good. So what you're saying is you came with very low expectations. I did. <laughs> you know, which that is might have good. been part of it. it which is good. Then it could only get better. <laughs> yes. so, yeah. yeah. Brad, oh, my good. All of you, but I don't know. Brad might have, like, a job in improv. I don't know. If, if this Every one of them could work on Oh, Broadway. my gosh. Oh, yeah. You guys were just great. It was so fun. And, I mean, just exceeded all expectations. Good. It good. really was a good night. So, when you, when you get an impromptu laugh from Daryl <laughs> yeah. and a heckle from the preacher, that's always yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's always a good, it's good. It's a good start. Yeah. Yeah, what was that? That Southern draw prayer that you did. Is that, is that <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Holy when smokes. in Rome, do as the Romans do. So I could tell that you guys were going for the southern approach <laughs> so i decided to just go back 30 years and let her rip uh amen all right so um oh now this is what's cool about that uh after the whole thing uh melissa walters told me that she was in the back and <laughs> she was didn't have her eyes closed and she had her her gaze was fixed on her mother and so when I broke into it, because my first phrase was not in my southern draw, and then I went to my southern draw, because me and the Lord were wrestling a little bit, I wanted to make sure it was okay, you know, because uh, I don't want to blaspheme and such of that nature. So when I broke into my southern brogue, Melissa said that Sue, her head just popped up, and the weirdest look on her face, like, what is he doing? Is God going to understand that? <laughs> That's right. I 
Because <laughs> I sure can't. All right. <clears throat> I'm just saying, and this requires a little bit of explanation. Kindness and a little bit of knowledge always pays off. I'm just saying. So uh, I'm coming up to Bethel Church Monday morning. Uh, had made a Wagner run. And there were three trucks. I mean, these, these were nice trucks. Uh, and they all pulled into Bethel Church. And they come to a stop. So I come to a stop, too, because I'm behind them, right by the rental house. And so fella in the first truck pops out, and he's all in his hunting garb, you know, his bird hunting garb. Had his brown shirt with the orange patch and had his whistles with the orange, you know, whistles and such. So I knew exactly what was going on. And he's walking towards me. So I roll my window down, and he says, sir, just go ahead and go around us. We're waiting for somebody. I said, okay. I said, you going bird hunting down at the Brunses? And he looked at me and said, yeah, yeah, we sure are. I said, well, have a good hunt. So I go around him, and it hit me. They're sitting in the middle of Bethel Church Road. So I put it in reverse. I come back, so he starts walking to me again. I said, sir, I'm the pastor of the church down here. We own this property. If you'd like to park right there, be happy for you to. And he said, well, I appreciate that. And he shook my hand, and I said, you're going to do put and shoot? And he just looked at me again like, this guy knows what he's talking about. <laughs> and he said, yeah, we are. Yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. And then he looked at me and said, would you like to hunt? I said, I would love to. Thought <laughs> <laughs> you'd never yeah, ask. Took you this long to get to that? So he pulls out a card and hands it. Now, I'm sure I'm going to have to pay him because he's a guide. That's what he does. Uh, and that's fine, too. But um, I just I thought, that is so cool, you know. Uh, kindness and a little bit of knowledge goes a long way. Paid off. It paid off. Paid off you. That's right. I hadn't made an appointment yet, but... <laughs> Well, I had a, I'm just saying for Melissa, but she's not here, <laughs> Melissa Walters, I, I just thought when I was putting the shirt on, I put the shirt on tonight, so I was working in my work clothes all right, day, Right. so I put this shirt on tonight, it's good till tomorrow night, oh, it's 24 hours, clothes are 24 hours, last year when we sent, said goodbye to Josh, uh, uh, sent, sent Josh off, I guess two years ago, we sent uh, Josh um, Woodcock? Woodcock off. I had I had done the same thing. We went out to dinner at uh, uh, Cracker Barrel. Okay. Somebody took a picture of me and it went on Facebook. <laughs> the next day I went out to eat with with uh, Dave Mills. He yeah. took a picture of me. Had the same shirt on. Melissa Walters busts me on on Facebook. <laughs> hey, isn't that the same shirt you had on yesterday? <laughs> that's a rule. That's at our why house. you don't go on Facebook. <laughs> but I'm just saying. Yeah. We well, sure good don't good friend Melissa. Shirts good for twenty. <laughs> I hope they're not keeping track here because I own four shirts. <laughs> there, there you go. There you got go. called out in public there. Uh, well, carrying this extra weight I do, I catch drips. And so I can wear a shirt till it gets a stain that I can't get out with. <laughs> yeah. you know, Dawn always says, we've got to shout it. And that usually results in me screaming at my shirt, which you know makes her go. <laughs> That's a dad joke. Yeah, you yeah, bet. That is That's a dad, a dad joke. joke. <laughs> All right. Uh, my, I'm just saying is um, poetry works. It does. There, there's uh, for Valentine's I Day. Yeah, yeah. I died to the fact that Roses I think in rib. rhyme. I write in rhyme. I talk in rhyme a lot. <laughs> and writing your uh, the guys can make fun, but when you write your wife a poem <laughs> and you read it to her and she starts crying and you get choked up, no ring, no car, nothing. It's awesome. So poetry works. Just yeah. saying. It doesn't Just cost saying. a penny. Nope. And I will Did sell poems if anybody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll put it on a little card for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, him. All right. Oh, that's good stuff. All right. Um, so we're on to our next segment. We covered pretty thoroughly the um, the armor of God 
um, and we talked about it pretty much since uh, probably September. We've been um, touching on this. So if you are curious about the armor of God, I feel like you should be pretty well versed by this stuff yeah. by February here. So um, we are going to wrap up some of that tonight. We're in, in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're in verse 18 through 20, kind of closing out the armor of God. So essentially, to, to put a fine point on it again, we would beg you to daily put on the armor. Pray through it. Uh, when I pray through it, I ask the Lord to put on the helmet of salvation, which is his salvation, breastplate of righteousness, which is his righteousness, girdle of truth, which is his truth, shoes of the gospel of peace, which is his gospel, it's his peace, it's peace with him, uh, shield of faith, it's his faith, it's faith in him, sword of the spirit, it's his word, it's about him, with all praying for all saints. And that is my prayer. I obviously try to take my time as I pray through that, try to visualize uh, spiritually and in my heart each piece type thing. Uh, it's not a mystical thing, anything like that. It is a point-blank asking God to clothe you and I in Jesus Christ. When you put on the armor of God, you are clothed in and with Jesus. Uh, now, we all know that we are possessed by Jesus. Uh, there was a time that we would not have used that language, but in this day and age of... Uh, the occultism and, and, and possession being something that some people seek after, uh, I, I think it's important for us to let people know I, I am possessed, but I am possessed by the creator of this world, the creator of my flesh. He possesses me, uh, n not by force. I asked amen. him to come in. It's, amen. I asked Voluntary. him to It's a love relationship. Uh, I'm not a robot. He didn't force himself on me. I asked him to come in. With that said, this is doing what the scripture says do, putting on the armor. So now inside and out, if you will, I have Jesus on. So uh, verse 18 says this, If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably. Oh, I'm not in the right place. I'm in Romans. Hang on a second, folks. See, my Bible's way off. Yeah, yeah. again. <laughs> Philippians chapter 6, Ephesians. Wait a minute. All right. Sorry, guys. Here we go. Uh, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints and for me that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in bonds that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So let's take this one verse at a time. Verse 18, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. In my humble opinion, this is meaningful redundancy. Paul is on purpose being redundant uh, because he essentially says the same thing twice in a different way. Uh, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, pray. Now, that's my take on the first part. And then the second part of that verse, watching with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Pray. Now, we've talked, this is something that we as a church have tried to bring to a greater understanding of the, the need of us as a people to pray. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes you. So it's extremely important. Um, so I, I, let me read my notes here. Um, so with all praying for the saints, 
That's a humble entreaty per the leadership of the Spirit. Watchful equals make sure you are doing it. Perseverance equals don't quit for all the saints. Now you think about this, guys. As we as a church buy into this type of praying, you're going to go to work with a little more confidence. Because you know that your people, as the Holy Spirit leads them, they're praying for you. So, you know, when I have to get up at the awful hour of 4 a.m. to go to a hospital visit, I know that many of you are already at the donut shop headed to, the, headed to work type thing. It's true. It's true. And so I pray for you type thing. Um, it, it, knowing that I usually wake up at 6 when everything's right with the world, um, then when you have been an hour already on your shift, the Holy Spirit may bring to mind, boy, Brother Ben's just now waking up. That's a call to prayer. That's a call to prayer. Comments on 18? <clears throat> so it's a, interesting that the previous verse we were looking at was providing for the saints. Now it's praying for the saints. Amen. Um, and making supplications for, for them. <clears throat> Pray, prayer support. Honestly, you should have a small ring of people that you have on your speed dial to text out for, hey, I need some prayer support. Hey, I need some prayer support. Um, good or bad. Uh, set, set, you know, you're, you're in a crisis. Hey, pray for me. Just, you know, have, please don't ask questions or I will tell you later or whatever. Or I'm in the middle of a battle uh, and, you, and you need the things to turn your way, the things mm -hmm. to uh, bend your way. Um, so that happened to me this week. Uh, one of the guys in my circle said, hey, pray for me right now, right now, right now. Um, sharing the gospel with somebody, so. Yeah, at least you got that. Mine was just pray. <laughs> so I didn't know it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know get it until later. On. Right. I, I didn't get it until later. Uh, I, uh, I, I like, um, mine says, <clears throat> in, in praying the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And all I, prayers. Right. And I like that. And I don't know if I was digging too deep into it. On some faiths believe you can only pray one way. And um, that certain faith, I, I know a, a family that's there, and they were sitting at their Thanksgiving table, and they asked, he was a 20-something young man, and he was spiritual, but they said, will you pray for dinner? And he said, I don't know any dinner prayers. You know, and it's like, so this verse here is one that helps me pray in all kinds of ways, praying all the time, just constantly keep your relationship with God. There's not a, you know, Jesus says pray in be this way. Be careful for yeah, nothing right. but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving. So, yes. Amen. Let your request be made well, with God. In the Lord's Prayer, there, there are several different types of prayer in that prayer. Right. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving. Uh, supplication. Supplication is, it, from my understanding, is the general prayer where you're asking. You're, you're begging God for something. Um, and and, and I, I think that that, but, but absolutely, all different types of prayers. Right. Remember the story you told about the ant going up the, the curve? Yes. Pr pray, 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 pray for that ant. Uh, well, and then one of the final verses, um, uh, words may be given so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel. Mm. And that mystery of the gospel, I love that. Because when somebody thinks they have me stuck, I'm like, God's got some secrets. Amen. You know, where was I when he formed the world? You know, he's got some mysteries. And I'm cool with that. You got something on verse 18? Um, well, I was just, and this is 
you know, I just tell you what I think when it, when it comes to me. Sorry, but I had just talked to my boys this last week about when you're taking a test and you come across an answer and it says always or all or never, those kind of words where it's so inclusive or exclusive, I go, those are usually the wrong answers. That's usually not the one you want to pick. So if you're stumped, don't ever pick the answer that says always <laughs> or all. But then in here it says um, pray on all occasions, all kinds of prayers, all requests, always keep on praying. And um, that's kind of what stood out to me. Like God didn't leave anything out there. He, he meant it just like that. And um, I guess that just means to me, there Anytime, are some always and never anywhere. Yeah, that are yeah, glorious. yeah. Amen. I will never leave no. you nor forsake you. So, because uh, Tom segued into 19, so oh, we'll, we'll, no, you're fine. So we're going to do that. Uh, 19 and for me equals do these same things for me. In other words, pray for me with all types of prayers that I may speak boldly to shed light on the mystery because I am an ambassador in chains. Uh, is that not to me? eye-opening and mind-boggling that Paul, arguably the boldest man in the world ever, is praying for boldness. Right. Yeah. Imagine the demonic attacks. The Well, he's in chains. Mm -hmm. He's chained up. He's got a guard on this side and a guard on that side, and he's praying for boldness. Do you think maybe he took a few beatings when he didn't wouldn't shut up about the gospel? Maybe? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I looked at that also, <clears throat> not on a play of words in any way, but I looked at ambassador in chains, and you're thinking a person that's in Christ. And I said, just like when you were saying Literally we, in we <laughs> invited him into us, I looked at it as, yes, I'm a, a prisoner of Christ. I'm forever stuck in a prison of freedom. And then I put my cage is infinite and has no ceilings, no walls, no floors. Amen. So I am, a, I am in prison, but it's a glorious prison I don't want to live. Amen. I, I can hear Paul saying, I know I'm supposed to share the gospel, but I'm in chains. You know, so pray that I'll do what I know I ought to do, you know, type thing. Uh, almost like a, what would the word be? He's got a vulnerable moment here, you know. Uh, the, 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 I, I know what you guys think about me. <laughs> you know, but, but I really do, you know, need, need some prayer here. Go ahead. You was going to well, say something? I was thinking just quick, when he's in physical chains, but I think we have chains to us, like that chains us from holding back, not sharing the gospel when we should or, I know I do. Maybe I'm the only one, but I was just thinking for myself, I need to pray to be fearless in Amen. sharing the gospel. I think we all do. If we're being honest with ourselves, like be pray for that. Pray as he did to be fearless. And because he's saying I'm in chains. Well, yeah, we have chains, too, that are not literal, not literal chains that we need to break and um, just pray for ourselves and for each other to fearlessly share the gospel. And to, yeah, to not. <clears throat> unfortunately, in the past, I've I've weighed the. You know, should I risk telling the gospel this client was this client will this client come back? Will I will I lose the business this client? <clears throat> it's always the right time to do the right thing. Amen. It's always the right time to share the gospel. He's not here tonight, but working with Mr. Steve Reed is amazing. Amen. And we were talking <coughs> with a guy the other day, and he's like, "You're ganging up on me." Well, like <laughs> it, it was perfect because Steve just walked away, and he's like, "He do I? I was there." And like I'd walk away, and he'd walk back. You know, so we just want to. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> so imminent doom, Paul is saying, does not release me of my duties. Hmm. Amen. Th think Amen. about that. Imin my, I mean, he died right, right, right after this, basically. Imminent doom does not release me of my duties. Uh, so pray when you say you will. Pray then and any time the Holy Spirit says to. Maximum prayer effort. We are all ambassadors. 
how do we feel about an ambassador who takes advantage of the perks and gets too cozy with the enemy and doesn't speak for the nation whom they are an ambassador for? Hmm. We don't think very highly of that ambassador. And so let's make sure that we're not that ambassador. Uh, verse 20, uh, for which I am an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. There's a, um, there's a picture of warfare right there. Mm. Uh, so an ambassador is an emissary from a foreign power. And if you put a ba an ambassador in chains, you, you, then you detain it. You, you declare that's war. A, you better on, believe it. That's an act opposite. of war. Yeah. And, and think about, you know, that's one of those things that, that w after millions of years of praising and worshiping the Lord, we're, we're going to get to where we think, oh, okay, you know, what are some of those things I wondered about on earth, you know, that now I got the answer in front of me. Did those guys get saved? Those guys that were chained, chained to Paul? I just wondered if they got saved. Because after his head come off, you know, their next duty probably was not anything like that one. Mm -hmm. And, and, and they, they lived with this guy. And I, now, whether or not they were or not, they sure had the opportunity. Yeah, hopefully it's that our, our easiest default setting. Well, if I'm wrong, okay, what yeah. do you lose? But if you're wrong, yeah. you, you got a lot to everything to lose. to lose, amen. Okay, well, we're going to take a break because I really like our third segment, and I don't want it to get away from us. Yes. Um, so do you have a, I know I'm getting older because? Yes. Stress takes a greater toll than it used to, and stress comes easier than it used to. <laughs> I know I'm getting older. Wow. Yeah, it doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah. Chili at night. Chili at <laughs> night. Eat, stress. Eat, eating chili Sun. for supper at night. Amen. Stress. Uh, uh, sugar. Three, three o'clock in the morning. Sugar fire in the sugar shack. Stress. <laughs> yeah, stress. <laughs> Sir, I know this is going to come as a shock to Tara, but uh, my subject is cool. Some, somewhere along the line, I've lost all track of what cool is. Oh, you know, boy. I actually we're shocked said that. At that I know. I, know. I actually she's said saying, We're shocked at that. She's saying, were you ever really cool? <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I, I used to. It's like uh, like class. You know it when you see it? Yeah. I've got no clue. No yeah, idea. so I guess I'm going to. I Nobody texted in, so I'll just piggyback off your <laughs> I know I'm getting older. I was at... Um, the hair place, whatever, getting my hair done, and this 20-little-something comes bebopping in, and she's like, I don't know what to do with my hair. I just, my hair is so not cool. And I was at a wedding, and I was like, gosh, everybody's hair is so cool, and my hair is so not cool. <laughs> and I was sitting there <laughs> just thinking. Did I, I used to act like that? I want a nap <laughs> so bad right now, and I'm listening to her. And I was thinking to myself, when is the last time I even cared if my hair, hair was cool? Yeah. And I had to ask the girl doing my hair. I was like, is my hair cool? <laughs> I don't even know. What even is cool? No, cool hair costs $100. Cool pretty, yeah, cool, pretty cool. My, my hair is pretty cool. Yeah. Different kind of cool. I, I want to give a rose to the living. When oh. I first <laughs> met you and I saw that big old barn, and I said, why did he want that big old barn? And they said, he's going to make a wooden ship. <laughs> I was like, that is I'm awesome. I thought you were it. cool. So now you're going to get that hair again. You're going to build a, a wooden boat because it's cool. Wow. But no, mine was, I noticed it the other night, my daughter has started making fun of me. Oh, so yeah. So I'm like, you know, the little subtle things I do, and she just thinks it's so dumb. I'm like, I'm getting older. <laughs> oh, yeah. wow. Yep. Yeah, your, your eight-year-old daughter's making fun of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's downhill from here, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Wow. Uh, okay, well, we're All ready right. for our next Yeah, segment. so our final, we passed out some papers. Um, for those of you in Radio Land, you're just going um, to hear this, but um, we have ten questions to focus your time for the rest of your life. So 
this is kind of a self-evaluation moment. And um, this is good. This is really good. And I was reading through it, and it was, it was like I just kept getting hit with darts left and right. Um, so we're just going to start with this uh, top ten questions, number one. And so what we'll do, guys, is we'll discuss. At a th we, in other words, I won't work through all ten and then open it up. We'll, we'll discuss on each one. A uh, little disclaimer, this comes out of this book that is uh, pretty much towards preachers, refresh, renew, revive. Bob Beal is the fellow that wrote these questions, or he compiled them, and uh, he is the type of fellow that serves on boards like with folks on the family. He's a big deal in the consultation to uh, big Christian organizations, if that makes sense. And uh, he is really good, not so much in time management, but just in management and organization as a whole. I wanted, though, you to be exposed, because I think these questions do absolutely help uh, with lay folks as well. I will tell you that uh, Charles Swindoll has some excellent questions for evaluation tools. So what is my single greatest strength? He's not looking for a character trait. Because Bob said that a lot of preachers will say, well, my best strength is my integrity. And he's like, no, that's on your... Some more skill? Yeah, that, that, that's your B side, your integrity. <laughs> what is my single greatest strength? Not looking for a character trait, but an action. Once you get that strength and focus, you're going to find that it becomes the <laughs> basis on which you make a lot of decisions about the things that you shouldn't be doing. Tom, if you were to answer that question, what is my single greatest strength here on, you know, five seconds to think about it, what would it be? And maybe because I was written for preachers, my first thought was, I don't know, ask God. Yeah, there <laughs> you, you go, know? yeah, yeah, spiritual approach. But this is what I had to work on, and um, it sounds so unhumble, but it's being one of the most unjudgmental people that I've ever met. I've had a lot of people tell me some crazy things, and I'm like, well, Okay, let's yeah. let's work on it. Right, you that's know, right. and, and I, I from here. I give that praise to the Lord. Amen. Um that uh and it was uh, a lot of that comes from Philippians two thirteen. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility regard others more important than yourself. Very and good. when I read that, because I, I told that story, I was at a tire place and this guy walked in with tattoos and just crazy. And I was kinda like just looking at him for a second and I thought of that verse and I'm like, in God's eyes, he's better than me. Amen. You know, and, and that, that has helped me throughout my life. And cool. I praise the Lord for that. He didn't judge me for having a big barn either. So it's going to go. <laughs> yeah, I just thought it was cool. cool. Yeah. You're cool, Gavin. Oh, <laughs> okay. You and, need to get out more. And, and I wanted to follow on with that um, because it said you might be the captain of the ship. I might be a former on a crew. I might be a pastor of a church one day. But one of my workers, one of my flock may just be Jonah. There you go. And that was it. You never... Yeah. So I'll, I will take them for their word and, and consider them better. Amen. Tara, what's your greatest strength? Oh, man. I'm not, uh, you know, <laughs> You've I'm not totally least. sure. And I was kind of thinking sometimes your greatest strength is also your weakness. Oh, no doubt. And so I was thinking, I and I've said this to you multiple times. That's why I guess I'm going to stick with this one. But I am a self-evaluator to a fault. And I'm not worried about you or you or you. I'm constantly like, what needs to be better? What did I need to do better? What should I do better in, like, every possible area of my life? So which in turn comes with, like, I'm never, I don't, don't give up. I 
keep trying to right. do better and, and try harder, which, again, I, I can't turn it off. I can't stop it. It's it is. It, it is. And uh, um, I guess that's my strength, but it is also my weakness. Um, I, I, that, that is what it is. It's it turns be into self-torture if you're not it, careful. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. why it's also a Well, I can <laughs> guarantee you that my greatest strength is not also my greatest weakness because my greatest weakness is organization. Hmm. That's not my greatest yeah, strength. Definitely <laughs> not. <laughs> not Devin, judging. what about you? You got analysis. a greatest strength? Analysis. Analysis. Very analysis. good. My greatest strength is my greatest weakness. I can get caught up in analysis without making a decision. Yeah. And continue. So that's called the paralysis of analysis. Been there. Live there sometimes. Amen. But analysis. All right. So number two, what three decisions are causing me the greatest stress? So what are the three things that have you puzzled and what's out of control? Okay, uh, so that's how you, you know, that's the thing that will help you answer this question. Well, and as a church, I'm, I'm not going to, but as a church, I could answer that very clearly because I, I see, in my humble opinion, what we're struggling with, if you will. And those things are tied to some of my weaknesses type thing as the pastor. Um, but, but what three decisions are causing me the greatest stress? This is where you're going to try to put on pen and paper, or on paper with pen, what are the three things that you need to make an absolute priority in tackling. And one of the things that he said in the book was is that, uh, and, and this came from another um, CEO that was talking to him uh, for Bill Bright's organization. It used to be called uh, Campus Crusade for Christ. He said, most folks want to say, well, what are the 300 things that we can do in the next five years? Well, he said that you're, you're overwhelmed. So what are the three decisions causing you the greatest stress? You don't so much have to need to give us your decisions that are causing you stress as much as... That we're going to make or that we have made? Because I've got some decisions I have made that are <laughs> yeah, causing no stress. I, I think it could go either way. Either way. Yeah, well, whatever, if you've got some decisions that have caused you stress, okay, so, so now, really, honestly, you still have a decision to make. Do I continue with this direction? You know, do, do I stop what I decided to do? Uh, do I, how, how do I change it? Oh, yeah, the, the biggest decision I've made that has caused the most stress is to buy a practice, to buy a, to buy a business. But it has also been the most rewarding. Right. But, so that you can't separate the, the two. Right. Um, you just you've got to constantly analyze is it worth continuing right is it is it stress and, that's and, and what can i do to lessen the stress without hurting the practice mm -hmm. amen tom you got anything something oh, more yeah. stuff to analyze here i overthink so much stuff I, again I, I as soon as i read that i'm like truly if you're saved what do you have to be stressed about you know i get oh it. yeah you, you're being I, too spiritual no, come on man get, get in it. the real world okay here. so <laughs> i thought that so these are the three things i put down is my cabin strong enough to last a very long time? Because right. the guy said, you need to support that roof or it's going to collapse. Uh -oh. Am I addicted to antiques? And yes, I'm, I'll answer that for yeah, you. And I'm stressed out that I told Mandy I would sing, and so she's got to be March 5th singing. That stresses me out. I want to do it. But <laughs> just, oh, yeah. just write a poem and read it. That's right. Well, that's what it is, but I'm holding a guitar now, so that <laughs> song, that stresses me out. Very good. Pat, Tara? Oh, boy. Um, polite pass on this one. Yes. Um, but I guess I was more thinking when you decide what's causing you the greatest stress, it's more or less the point.
point of this question is just to tackle it, to, to remove it, to do something about yeah. it, to act on it. Yeah, Make it a priority to, to right. figure, figure it out. Uh, I feel like I'm so wrapped up and busy. Like I've just, I'm on like an autopilot right now. Right. I'm, I, you know, we're talking about building a house and even in that I'm like, divert all those questions to John. I have no input. I don't know what's happening. So that Very would probably good. be one of them. So, and this is, the third one is, is very similar. And, and a lot of these are pretty similar. They're just different ways to, to look at the same problem. And remember, a problem well stated hmm. is a problem half solved. Uh, what is overwhelming me? What is overwhelming me? Yeah. See number two. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the practice! Yeah. So when I think about what is overwhelming me and questions later on down the list answer this is time my mm. lack of time i have no i say it all the time that i'm in the trenches right now we have three kids and we are just chasing our tails it's just nonstop. so when i think about what is overwhelming me it is lack of time and what to do about that <laughs> so an overwhelming schedule oh my goodness yes all right so and again uh some of the context, the book again is refresh, renew, revive. So what he what he gives you as a, and you can do this daily, but for sure if, if you get away, and, and I encourage you to do that, get away. I know it's difficult. Mm -hmm. Once a year, even if it's for three hours, get away. So the first thing you do on that getaway is you take a blank sheet of paper and your pen. And for five to ten minutes, you write down everything that you're thinking that you should be doing instead of doing this getaway. And then you say, okay, Lord, that's yours. You're going to worry about that for the next three hours. I'm taking some time off type thing. Uh, or if you, if you can get a weekend or a week to do the getaway. And, of course, most of us do vacations. I would encourage you to do the same thing because on that vacation, on that drive to where you're going, and, and me and Brad and Todd do this to each other, inevitably... We'll be thinking of everything that we need to wrap up while we're going on our vacation. And I don't know how many times Brad has said, Pastor, you're going on vacation. We got it, you know. Um, and I'll usually come back with something, you know. <laughs> uh, but, but it's important. So, so just write it down. Comments? Okay. Number four, what impassable roadblock has me stuck? See number two. See <laughs> number two. There you go. That, that's Gavin's uh, answer here. In all my work, what is the single thing which, if I could just solve it, would allow everything else to just flow? Is there one thing holding back everything else? What is the one problem when solved would solve all the others as well? And that's mm. basically what he said to explain that thing. What impassable road roadblock has me stuck? Now, most of us would say money. But let, let's, let's think about that. that. That's hardly ever a roadblock because yeah. there's things you can do to procure money. You can pray it down. You can work it down. Those are the socially acceptable ways <laughs> type thing. And, and Legal ways. meant to be funny, right. <laughs> um, what impassable roadblock has me stuck? Comments? Well, I mean, I was just thinking, for me, there's, you know, past hurt. Like, mm. that's, you know, pain from the past that always is creeping up and it's always there and if that weren't there things would be so different in a constant pattern of forgiveness and praying about it and forgiveness and praying about Amen. it and forgiveness and praying about it so 
um, I don't. I can't be the only one that has oh, um, something along those lines. But I know that's mine. So you have the proverbial room in your heart and mind that has the 3D ability. The door extends, <laughs> and behind it is the dun dun dun. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> And occasionally it gets out and all oh, heck breaks loose and then you shove it back in by faith and shut the door. Yeah, you, you just need, by God's grace. And this may be a daily thing. You go into that room first, you clean it all out and you lay it at the cross and then you move on. Amen. You know what to do. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of doing it. Mm-hmm. But, but I can't imagine. I mean, because, you know, in the, uh, until you've walked someone's road, you don't know what that pain is like. You, you just don't know it. Have y'all ever, as parents, have you gone through this thing? You used to get on to your kid for something, and then you got what they had. And you realize this was judgment from God. (laughs) I used to berate my daughter because she had asthma. I thought she was faking it. I was. And then one particular night, I got an uncontrollable cough all night long. I about died. <laughs> I never, ever gave that kid a hard time ever again about cough. I patiently gave her her albuterol. I patiently <laughs> held her while she coughed till she threw up. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, really. gas, take her to the ER. Type. I, the Lord taught me. And, and what's funny is that I knew that that was possible because my brother had went through the same thing with his son. <laughs> and he told me, I think God did that to me just to get me to chill out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Number five, if I could do only three things in my lifetime, what would they be? Three goals you would like to reach or three problems you would like to solve before you die. Kind of interesting, really. And that that is an interesting thought. So if you establish what those three things are, in essence, that's what you should be focusing your time and energy and money on. Amen. That would be important to spend some time and comb through. We are out of time. Yeah. Let me finish with this. I think this transcends the bucket list thing. I'm fine with a bucket list. But a bucket list, again, is more along the lines of, quote, unquote, leisure things. This is impacting your kids. What you leave behind. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Legacy for Christ. Amen. All right. So next week, I'm assuming we will hit the last five of this list. So hang on to those. Um, And hopefully we do see you next week. We need topics. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. Love you.